I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm willing to work as hard as I can. There is no past, there's no future, there's just this moment right here. If I did that, if I can get through that, like, come at me. Changing how I saw myself, like, as a man, not just as, as an athlete. It's okay that I struggled. It's okay, that's part of the deal. It's how I responded. Welcome to the Limitless Athlete Podcast by Mindset Rx. I'm your host, Tom Foxley. You're listening to The Debrief, where myself and Rachel Burnett, our head coach, will discuss the key lessons and insights gleaned from the Limitless Athlete podcast with Sean Woodland. You can listen to the show in isolation as a kind of distillation of the major points of the interview with Sean, or you can listen to the interview and follow it up by listening to this show. It's your choice. Now, let's get on with the show. Let's begin with wherever you would like to begin, Rachel. Man, um, I, you know what I really want to talk about is <clears throat> Sean's description of the dog sled event with Chris Spieler. Mm. And this, this kind of theme came up throughout his, his interview with us, which was everybody struggles. You don't realize that they, they struggle in the, in the same way that we all do. And everybody has those moments of, I don't think I can do this. But then you watch, uh, I think the exact phrase he used was the elite psycho assassin robot (laughs) athletes who go to the games. You watch them get into that state of truly struggling and you know how fit they are. And you think that when they step out there, they're completely confident and they know exactly what's gonna happen and how they're gonna do things. But it reminds us that we're all human and we're all capable of putting our head down and doing the hardest things in our lives. But an interesting piece of that to me was that he's talking about athletes in an elite competition doing that. And a lot of us may have trouble believing that about ourselves when we are just regular gym goers, which describes me, I'm a regular gym goer, right? So putting, putting my head down in a workout and getting it done, that's something that I can do, but I, I wouldn't necessarily push myself to the same degree as an elite athlete. On the other hand, I may push myself to the same degree as an elite athlete about the things that serve my purpose and, and that I know will maximize my personal potential. Mm, it's like almost, if you, if you me- measured the wattage, the physical output, of course, yeah. a games athlete would be far, far higher. Yeah. But if you if you measure the, I'm going to hesitate to use the word willpower, but the mental mm-hmm. outputs, if you could yes. somehow tap into whatever it demands or to come up against your limitations and yeah. forge your identity against them and forge your belief structure, yeah. that is like, that is probably the same. Like, whether like maybe they've got better at it maybe they've trained it but we're all challenged in that domain yes oh it's so true yeah what do you think the qualities of character are that allow people to tap into that next level of being capable Mm. of more than we think we are good question i think the first one's acceptance like, okay. I talk, think talk accept, accepting reality as it is and not trying to change it. 
Like that's, oh. I think that's the first thing we're doing. That that's that's what meditation teaches you. That's what yes. our exercise like observe your inner athlete. That's what they they teach you. Um, we're not trying to lie to ourselves. That's what mm. awareness of bound nature and free nature does. It's like I'm tuning in to as an accurate representation of reality as possible um and i'm accepting it i'm accepting what's there and that's the first stage of what's well, the four rays of adaptation right acceptance yes. awareness yes. accountability then adaptation so mm. yeah that that acceptance is the first piece and i think that's the the character skills the character traits that we we have to work on or one of the first ones um have you had yeah. a chance to think about this a little bit, you know, the, the easy answer that comes to mind is self-belief, right? But that's, that's almost like a really trite answer. Yeah. 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 Can you yeah. expand on that? Yeah. You know, self-belief is this well that you can draw from. And most of us are really only taking little sips of water mm. from the well, just little sips of water. I think that we tap into a high level of self-belief when we put ourselves in situations where we can hit flow state. And one of the things, one of the like biggest mistakes that I see athletes make is not accepting to bring it back to what you said, the, the appropriate challenge skills balance in order to hit flow state. And what I mean by that is, uh, our, our, the level of challenge and our personal skill level needs to sit on this threshold of where our comfort zone is and where outside unknown is. The threshold is that line that we cross when we're not quite sure we can do it, but we're engaged in the challenge. So self-belief is, is, it exists at that threshold and we build more the more we exist at that threshold. That's Ooh, my it's a nice plan to answer. <laughs> it's a nice parallel to exposure therapy, isn't it? It's like, Ooh, okay, with exposure yeah. therapy, you um, present yourself with slightly more than you're comfortable with. So if I was scared of needles and terrified needles, I'd practice looking at a photo of a needle first, and then I'd yeah. have one in the room, and then I'd be able to look at the needle, and then I'd be able to touch it, hold it, then I'd be able to touch it yeah. against my skin, and I'd progress yeah. and progress and progress. And I love the idea there of the goal with exposure therapy and the goal of challenging yourself isn't to prove that those things were actually easy because maybe they're not mm, it's to prove that not. you're braver tougher stronger than you ever believed you were i love that yeah and i think a lot of athletes feel very impatient with that process and they push themselves too far too early yeah. so they end up in the panic zone which actually reinforces beliefs about not being able to do yeah. things yeah. fear of injury is a huge one there um oh, yeah. handstand push-ups box jumps yeah. after you've scraped your knee like an ice cream peeler Absolutely. yeah it's an ice cream yeah. scoop sorry yeah, yeah. there's all this <laughs> do you peel oh, ice cream in the uk yeah, i peel it yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a strange <laughs> thing we do like you went on sound spritz <laughs> yeah the it, the box jump one is really interesting right because there's this there's this sense of like no do it like force yourself to do it as and if I'm not doing best. 24 inches or whatever, then I'm not good enough. And there's no point doing 12 inches. There's no point jumping onto a 20 kilo, 45 pound plate. Yeah, there's no point. Mm. That's all or nothing thinking. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. If I can't do this perfectly, there's no point doing it at all. Linking mm. back to that 
idea of like what character traits uh, yeah. or character skills can we practice to truly kind of push that threshold mm-hmm. the often cited answer is willpower and yes. i think there's a place for willpower right it's important yeah. like we need it it's like when we really have reached our limit can i utilize that willpower but there's a whole host of other tools in the toolbox to pull out that will help you along the way. Willpower is mm-hmm. one of them. Um, yeah. It's, yeah, it, it's, it, it's one of those things that for the man who holds a hammer, every problem in the world looks like a nail. And yes. it's like, okay, right. Okay. You can't use willpower for everything. And maybe there's other elements of this to train alongside mental yeah. toughness, willpower, which is the often cited character skill yes. of CrossFit. Yeah, I totally agree with that. What do you think some of those other like tools are? Oh, so many. Um, the ability to be vulnerable. I think that's a big mm, one. Uh, yeah. To truly look at potential weaknesses or things that hold you back um, yeah. with compassion, which is another one. Um, yes. That agility, flexibility of, of, of mindset. Um, yeah. Yeah, self-belief is definitely one of them, like you mentioned. Like, I don't want to gloss over that because that's such a yeah. such an important one. Um sure. it's it's almost endless. Um, yeah. and it's all of those combined, I think. Mm. That's why it, it can be so challenging to describe what great mindset is yeah. because it's so many things and it's different for everybody, I think, too. Mm. Yeah, because on one hand, you have like the David Goggins type of mindset of just like just sure. crush, push, push definitely a place that and then if that burns you into a hole which i've seen it do time time again with many athletes and especially coaches as well um then like then it becomes a problem i agree yeah Mm. what interested you in this one in the element of or or the podcast yeah okay the there's a few actually Mm. there's a few one of them actually was when sean was talking about about the best moments of his broadcasting career and he's talking about preparation not over preparing Mm. where you become restrictive but preparing enough that you've got stability because there's enough there's an element of preparation which is absolutely essential like proper preparation prevents piss poor performance there we go preparation and planning prevents piss poor performance it's a lot of peace for that yeah yeah there is yeah seven (laughs) p's in a row (laughs) um and yeah there's there's that element very very important and it gives us that kind of baseline that stability that structure that an element of the known it creates the known within the potential unknown and allows us to push in further and further into the unknown but you can't prepare for everything and again part of a great mindset is that flexibility that willingness to adapt and to risk stepping into the unknown Mm, totally well what you're describing is the balance between order and chaos yeah exactly right exactly right yeah do you want to elaborate on what order and chaos look like for the majority of athletes yeah absolutely i mean uh let's talk about preparation in terms of just a training session, right? Mm-hmm. So preparation starts the day before how you're fueling, how you're hydrating, how your bedtime routine is, how well you're sleeping, the time mm-hmm. you're getting up in the morning, your morning routine, 
all of all of those all of those elements of preparation play into your training session. And then there's mindset preparation. Uh, our the game plan. I'd love for mm-hmm. you to talk about that because because uh, that would be great. But the game plan, one of our new products, is designed specifically to help athletes prepare for each training session. And preparation is what gives us confidence. When we have the structure of how we're going to approach a workout mentally, when we actually get into the absolute chaos of a workout, uh, and chaos is uncertainty and hardship. It's the easiest way to describe it. And it's, it's also an element of novelty too. So stepping into hardship requires having structure or at least maximizing the potential output. I love that. The preparation is what gives us confidence. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that. Yeah. And how do you usually see athletes failing to prepare properly for, um, I was going to do loads of P's again then, um, to prepare (laughs) properly, uh, for training. Not working, not, not planning for mindset, right? It's, Mm -hmm. it's almost, um, it's an afterthought. The, the thinking is I either have it or I don't, if I don't have it, then it's going to be a shitty workout. If I do have it, then I'm going to do great. Mm. Yeah. I see a lot of athletes just like rushing in, especially there's the kind of there's 5 30 PM, like they've finished work at five and they're straight into the class. And it's like, shit, I've I've left everything behind and I'm rushing and I'm like, I've kind of, I'm still half of my mind's at work. Half of it's with the kids that I need to sort out half of it's with like, uh, like whatever's happening at home. Like there's, there's challenges and they just seep their way into training. Um, Oh oh, by the way, I'm not above this. I often get to the gym. I'm like, Oh, I haven't prepared properly when I'm like, Oh, I see this working in, which is, when I use the game plan, which we'll definitely talk about in a bit, um, to kind of refresh and to, uh, to kind of remind myself of what's important in the moment. Yes, absolutely. Rushing, uh, and multitasking I'm finding are one of the greatest hindrances to both just like mental clarity and peace, but also to high performance. Yeah. Absolutely. Think yeah. about all the routines that you hear about elite sports people performing before they train, um, yeah. or not even before they compete, before they train, before they do anything. Yeah. Really, it's like um, they'll wear the same pair of socks. They will um, yes. <laughs> always. Um, John Terry, a football player, he always used to use the same urinal in in one of the changing rooms, and he'd like, "I'm never going outside that." And he'd just be like a queue, plenty of urinals yes. free, and he'd be behind someone. Um, that's yeah. a that's kind of uh, a British reference for you. Some, some good old-fashioned football um I love it. so yeah there's there's these things that we do time and time again and i think what they do is they help to eliminate the unknown mm, yes right you're just giving yourself little anchors to hold on to while you step into something that's going to be challenging exactly it stabilizes things yes really stabilizes yeah. things mm. nice okay what's on your list oh you know he I actually really loved his honesty. He's, he's talking about having trouble unplugging. It's kind of shutting off and letting, uh, letting work go, uh, being with family, uh, letting things sit rather than work, 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 work. And I can really relate to this. I I think a lot of us can, a lot of us, a lot of us have tendencies in that direction. And yeah, I just loved his honesty. It was like, sometimes I fail at this and, and he's a dad now. So it's actually really important to him that he sets a good example. And it's like creating this new level of presence. I think I thought that was, um, I thought that was great. 
Mm. One thing I've found in new parents, especially, is it yes. can become this. I, I, from the outside looking in, I can understand how it would become a highly stressful or potentially anxiety-inducing situation, especially for people who are more aware and mm. for people who are kind of aware of the impact of all the subtle nuances of our behavior because you're thinking mm. oh, i have to be perfect for this person so they model up yeah. and so so also they model off something that is a, the best example as possible and i completely get this like that's why jason always talks coach jason um, within yeah. mindset rx he always talks about being the example and he's even got that mm. tattooed on him um it's like okay i'm going to be the example for this for, for everyone around me for myself for yeah. people to model me off for my daughter in jason's yeah. case for for my wife for like everyone at work like this being an example is very important um but there's sometimes this thought of like oh, i have to be perfect and again we're into that perfectionism thing yes again the the sense that um the stakes are very high moment to moment when in reality any any relationship we're creating is it's like grains of sand one, mm. one little like micro thing at a time and they matter, I'm not saying that they don't matter, uh, but there's a bigger picture to look at at the same time. Mm. And I'd say part of that bigger picture is the allowing someone to be comfortable with imperfection and mm. your relationship yes. with imperfection and then doing something about it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, is, is that improving one's relationship with imperfection? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, to to be able to say, okay, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm not perfect. I'm gonna make mistakes. I'm gonna lose my temper occasionally. I'm going to, um, I'm gonna be a bit too rushed when I get to the gym occasionally. But I'll do the best I can. And yeah. it's strange that, well, it is it is kind of strange, and it's obvious at the same time that that ability to do that makes things easier in the long run the like to admit our faults and to look at the yeah. discomfort in the eye and to go look I am mm. not perfect that helps yeah uh the the idea that we don't have to browbeat ourselves into being perfect all the time mm. it's very freeing yeah yeah because yeah. you're not going to be there's no such yeah, thing as perfection literally can't be yeah. no you can't do it it's <laughs> yeah. you're setting yourself up to fail <laughs> Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. yeah. And cut, uh, I'm a recovering perfectionist myself. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, and it's also a societal norm for us, a Western societal Agreed. norm, like produce sure. the highest thing possible, the highest quality possible, and don't yeah. ever fall beneath that. Always ace, yeah. straight ace the whole time. Always ace. Mm. The other thing I, mm. and I suppose what links into this quite nicely is that Sean spoke a lot about like, pursuing his dream and i wanted to get get into what it meant to be broadcasting and mm. commentating and everything that goes along with that because it's a kind of it's a job that you don't often obviously you see it the whole time within the crossfit community but you don't like realize oh that's a really important part of what we do and i really liked how he said yeah. like I gave it the analogy to why do you need music in in films um because yes. it, it sets the scene it provides the background and mm. it kind of it gives you something to follow along with and adds to it um mm. but the thing that i found very interesting is saying like when it feels good it doesn't feel like work and it's this idea of effortless effort yeah sure there's times mm. that we have to 
put in the hard yards and it's going to suck and you don't want to get out of bed and go training and it's cold and like i'd rather stay in bed and i'm tired and all that kind of thing there's going to be days like that in whatever you're doing but when it feels really good it doesn't feel like work and that's the difference between i think pursuing something that is intrinsically motivating to you Mm -hmm. and something that is you're doing purely for extrinsic results yes oh like so so beautifully put yeah uh, when, when we're pursuing, when we're pursuing mastery over something because we are desiring the result and often the result is a form of external validation. Like if I achieve this, then I'll be worthy. Then people will think I'm good enough. But if it's something that is inherently rewarding, like I find coaching, doing a good job is just like, it's just fun. Mm. What might look difficult to other people is you playing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's a, it's, they're very authentic moments there. Yeah. It's settled into who you uniquely are and you're not trying to project. It's almost like what we spoke about with coaching before about like when you're trying to be the persona that you think you should be, that's when things get challenging and icky. Yeah. Yeah. And icky is right. Yeah. Icky is a technical term. Yeah. You can find that in our mindset dictionary. Feeling. Yeah, you can. Let's go put it in the mindset RX glossary. <laughs> um, what else came up in, in this for you? Is there anything that's um, piqued your interest? Yeah, you know, his, his value of being present, especially in light of the pandemic and feeling, feeling gratitude for the things that he does have and the, and the sense that a lot of um, <laughs> that I'm gonna I'm gonna try to quote what he said because I actually thought it was really beautiful. Uh, it, we're not all in the same boat as we weather this. Uh, we're all weathering the same storm. Some of us have yachts, some of us have rowboats, some of us just have life jackets, and some of us don't even have that. And so, getting through this is going to require all of us helping each other out. And what he was what he was getting to there was appreciating uh, the time being together. And, and having presence in our moments, especially with other people. Mm, really nice. And this obviously plays into a, a well-rounded and developed mindset instead mm. of uh, kind of like, in, almost like if your mindset is just focused on mental toughness, then it's not a well-balanced, like well-developed mindset. It's one element yeah. is very strong and very good and like well done for developing that. There's other elements in there, like gratitude, which is yeah. one of Sean's pieces. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, tying like presence to training and appreciating the time that we have in the gym. I think a lot of people experience that as gyms reopened, that's of course changing wherever you are in the world, but the, the appreciation for what we do have and can do, uh, can be a really powerful tool to use, especially again, as we're weathering a lot of kind of global chaos with the unknown. Hey, if you're enjoying this episode, chances are you'll enjoy our free ebook, How to Stop Substandard Self-Critical Plateaus and Unleash Your Potential. It's a step-by-step guide to finding your mojo again and getting back to the athlete you know you can be. It's free, you just have to stick your email address in and download it. To find it, head to mindsetrx.com ebook. That's mindsetrxd.com ebook. Now, let's get on with the show. How do you find 
you practice gratitude in the best fashion? I am, I have always been very comfortable and found it rewarding to express gratitude directly to people who've helped me or offered support. And you've experienced that just this week, Tom. So it's <laughs> your firsthand experience. I, 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 and I am because I've practiced it for nearly my whole life. I say, thank you. Um, and I, I think that I am able to feel a high level of gratitude because I have lived in mental states where I felt like I was at the bottom of the barrel, barely scraping myself up. So the moments that are good or where I'm getting a hand up, like I feel, I feel extreme gratitude for those. Are there any tools that you use with athletes that help you, that help them develop gratitude, that help them develop this piece, this place or grow from this place of like, I'm really thankful to be here. Hmm. You know, our AMWAP as many wins as possible is, is a fantastic way of doing that. It's, it is also a really good way of building presence, which is part of the TAPS methodology that we use. The idea is we write down as many wins as possible in a certain amount of time or related to a certain part of life. And the act of forcing ourselves to remember the positive things gives us better brain wiring to notice them because we're, we're wired to, remember negative events much more quickly, like within microseconds, if something bad happens, your brain stores it in memory very, very quickly within microseconds, something good or neutral takes, I, I believe the actual number is like 12 seconds of holding it in your memory to store it in mm, interesting. So it is. Yes. And, and the reason for that is survival, right? There's a biological reason that we're wired that way. And it has helped us to survive. It helps us to remember very quickly things that are not good for us. But at the same time, if we, if we are not engaged in a practice of reminding ourselves of the things that we've done that day that have served our goals, the ways that we've improved, um, how we've confronted bound nature, and also just things that make us smile, like things that we feel gratitude for experiencing, uh, it's really easy to just get into the super negative mindset. We're only thinking about the things that are wrong and uncomfortable yeah that's really nice so the, that mm -hmm. kind of forcing the forcing the practice of revisiting our wins and revisiting those things that we're grateful for things that make yeah. us feel good um i think something a fault that lots of athletes fall into when they start with the amwap is they think okay i've got five wins to write down today or three minutes of wins and it's just like i'm just going to sprint through them as opposed to focusing on the quality and like, because just jotting down trained doesn't do anything. Hydrated. <laughs> yeah. Hydrated. It's like, great. Yeah. Well done. Like that, but it's like a little it, checklist. <laughs> it's great that you did that, but in order to really rewire it, remember that 12 seconds or 12 times yeah. as long point that you just brought up. It's like, I've got to sit yeah. with that. I've got to re relate it to why it's important, relate it mm. to my ultimate vision. Um, I've got to try and cultivate this feeling, which you can do like bring this feeling of like, Oh, I'm improving. You got to bring that to yeah. light and you bring that to the yeah. center of who you are for a moment. Mm, and that, that why it's a win is so important to include for sure. Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. How it's yeah. taking you forwards towards your goal. And I also think yes. the stoic nature or the stoic part of, um, 
of memento mori like remember you're going to die remember that everything's going to pass remember like this is all this is this could be your last time like that's a good way of it's scary again but it's ultimately yeah. it's one of the most truthful ways of looking at the world like we're not going to get this forever like everything is temporary and being that's able true. to remind yourself of that and remind yourself that this could be the last time i get to train I, I went to piece i wrote a piece a while back that did the rounds yeah. about like this could be the last time you train like this could be the last time you feel that horrible choking sensation of thrusters it could mm. be the last time you get on the assault bike and almost vomit yeah. it could be it could be the last <laughs> time you get to hang out with your friends at the box and have a good time and train freely and enjoy yourself and laugh so like if that could be the last time you better make the most of it yeah how how present do you want to be if you knew ahead of time that it was going to be your last time exactly how would you act yeah. differently mm, yeah it's really good like clarifying question yeah how yeah, yeah. imagine how grateful you'd be for those people uh, around you i know Incredible. yeah <laughs> and all the little things would slide thank you for listening to the debrief partner episode of the limitless athlete podcast we'll be following up each episode with these quick and applicable summaries Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out on upcoming episodes with CrossFit Games athletes, coaches, authors, and other inspiring people who will help you find your next level of mindset growth and performance inside and outside of the gym. If you can leave a five-star review and share the episode with your friends, that would be awesome. See you next week with another mindset-shifting interview and a debrief episode to follow on.